welcome to uh, our Tuscarawas County COVID-19 Vaccine Information Podcast. We're very pleased that you're joining us. This event is being sponsored and hosted by Get Level Media, the Tuscarawas County Health Department, the New Philadelphia City Health Department, and the Tuscarawas County Chamber of Commerce. And our purpose is very simple, and that's to talk about COVID-19 vaccine um, and really to talk to our residents here in Tuscarawas County. We want to educate them and encourage them to receive the vaccine when it's eligible and they're available for that. Uh, our best opportunity to control the COVID-19 pandemic is through the vaccine and continuing the best practices that all of us have heard about over and over and over again. Um, and that's uh, to go ahead and social distance, wear face masks whenever you're around other people, keep a safe distance from others, and wash your hands frequently. This podcast itself is actually the second of two parts addressing the COVID-19 vaccine process. So we encourage you to check out part one also um, and uh, uh, find the information available to you there. Um, my name is Darren Lottenschlager. I'm from Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital, and I'm happy to be joined by a number of outstanding folks here who have some really good insights that they can provide to our community. Uh, that includes uh, Dr. Nathan Johnson from the Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital, Lauren Emergency Center, Katie Seward, she's the Health Commissioner for the Tuscarawas County Health Department, Carla Burney is the Superintendent of Dover City Schools, we're happy to have Randy Lucas joining us. He's the superintendent and CEO of the East Central Ohio Educational Soup. Uh, let's try that again. Randy Lucas is the superintendent and CEO of the East Central Ohio Educational Service Center. The Honorable Senator Jay Hottinger, President Pro Tem of the Ohio Senate, and the Honorable Chris Abiel, who's the Tuscarawas County Commissioner. Thank you all for joining us. We really look forward to uh, speaking with you and we wanna jump right into it. Uh, our focus for this portion of the presentation is on our area's healthcare, education and government communities. And first up, we'd really like to hear from Dr. Nathan Johnson of the Union Hospital Lauren Emergency Center and provide us with a physician's perspective on what he's been seeing, hearing and talking about in uh, the last several months. Dr. Johnson, the Emergency Center has treated hundreds of patients for suspected symptoms of COVID-19. And of course, uh, you've treated many patients who have actually tested positive for the coronavirus. As news of the vaccine and the vaccination process has come out, have you been hearing from your patients asking about how they can obtain the vaccine at this time? Um, yeah, I've, I've had some questions, um, although I think that um, there's been a, a sense really of patience, you know, um, everybody's been watching the news pretty intently. And so uh, I think that uh, people are getting their clues really from the governor as to when they're going to be available. I'm getting probably uh, more questions really from in, in the community, from my family and friends, uh, and, and especially family. My, my grandmother is getting vaccinated at 2.30 this afternoon, and I know she was pretty anxious and asking about it. But it's been um, it's been interesting because I really feel like most people have already gotten the uh, the the uh, the clues from the governors to when they're going to be able to get it and how it's going to uh, how it's going to happen. From your professional perspective, are you encouraging everyone to consider receiving the vaccine? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's you know it's it's kind of that first bright spot we've had since the pandemic started, really. And and you know uh, many of us are aware and saw through social media that you received the first dose of your vaccine. So, how are you feeling? And what would you be telling people if, if they ask you about uh, how it's gone since you received your dose? 
Well, you know, the, the first dose went great for me. I, um, uh, I had a, a surprising uh, um, amount of left shoulder pain later in the day. I say surprising because the, the shot was the e literally the easiest shot I've ever had. And about five or six hours later, I started to get some pain in the shoulder. None of it was terrible by any means. I didn't get fevers. I didn't feel achy. Um, I actually had a, you know, I, I actually worked later in the day and uh, really didn't notice it at all. So I, I, I fit into that, the, the end of the spectrum where I just didn't have any problem. Good. Very good. Thank you. Um, and from your perspective, Dr. Johnson, what kind of strain has the coronavirus presented for our community's healthcare system that you've seen? Oh, the, the strain's been, you know, it, the strain is, has been impressive. It, it has changed. Uh, it's changed my business. It's, it's, it's changed my profession. It's changed the way that um, that I look at, at shifts. Um, and a lot of it really has to do with the emotional burden that it has put on our community. Um, I've, uh, for probably the uh, first time in, in you know my career, I talk to people, I'll talk to patients, family members on the phone, because again, there's a limitation as to who can come into the ER. I'll, I'll try to keep them up to date. And I've had, I've had patient family members break down in tears, not about what was going on with their, with their loved one at that time, but more about the isolation, not being able to see that family member for months. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's incredible to me, you know, to look at, you look at a year ago where we were and where we are now, it, it is, it's changed really the, the face of medicine. And, and from your standpoint, do you feel more exhausted? I mean, is this wearing you down and how's this impacting your staff? I'm not exhausted, you know, um, we have uh, uh, humans have an, an interesting ability to really uh, to thrive uh, in adversity, and and so we've really had uh, unifying. You know, we, we have a common enemy again, um, and and it's and it's uh, the coronavirus. And so our ER staff has come together as a team. You know, the healthcare across the country has come together as a team. No longer are there uh, regional illnesses right now. Everybody's main illness, main, you know, and their sites is COVID-19. So uh, we have come together as a team to a degree. I really didn't think we would, and it's encouraging. It's, it, it makes me optimistic. Um, and we're literally, it's a cliche now, but we are all in this together, especially with healthcare, especially those of us in the front line. Um, I just, I, I can't say enough for the people I work with and how much they pick me up every time I come in. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Thank you for everything you're doing. Katie, uh, you know, your staff at the health department and the staff of the New Philadelphia City Health Department have been busy beginning phase 1B of the COVID-19 vaccination process. At the time we're recording this, we're really starting to see the vaccinations in our community occur. And so that's a, it's an exciting sign of hope at this point. Uh, during our first uh, part of the podcast, you and Commissioner Vicki Iono shared answers to some of the many frequently asked questions about the vaccine. So uh, as we move forward, what are some of the most common concerns that you're hearing from the public about the vaccine right now? So I think that um, one, of, one of the frequently asked questions that we get, obviously, is if you've had COVID-19, can you still receive the vaccine? Um, and the answer is absolutely yes. Obviously, we don't want someone who is currently currently has an active viral infection to receive the vaccine. And we want them to be completely recovered, meaning that they feel better, they feel, feel normal again. And for most, most mild cases, that's about 30 days. Um, but once you're outside of, of that window, we absolutely recommend that people get the vaccine. The other thing that we hear a lot um, or hesitation 
hesitation, one of the reasons we hear a lot of hesitation is because there is a misconception that this vaccine was developed really quickly. Um, and in actuality, the technology surrounding this type of vaccine has been in place for quite a long time. And it had been looked at for types of viruses such as the Zika virus and, and others. Um, what they needed to do though, was to take this specific virus and tailor it into the technology that was already there to make it available. The other thing is that while vaccines do tend to take a long time, um, part of that is funding and part of that is also the red tape associated with going through the different types of clinical trials as well as getting it FDA approved. And in this particular case, because it was such a widespread problem, a lot of that red tape was able to be cut through. And so we didn't have funding issues. We were able to expedite it through the clinical trials and get it to the front of the line for FDA approval. So that's why it was created quickly. It doesn't mean it's not safe. It doesn't mean it's not effective. And so we really try to make sure that people understand that, that, that this is something that, that you shouldn't be afraid of. It's not going to alter your DNA. And it's something you should absolutely do to protect yourself and your family. Very good. Thank you. And, you know, you and your staff have done a tremendous job of informing the community that more than one provider in our county has access to the vaccines and that the vaccine supply at this point at the time we're recording is very limited. But and of course, each of those providers has their own methods of uh, setting up appointments, uh, providing for a wait list. So when you've talked to people, do you encourage them if they're eligible to go ahead and register on more than one wait list? Yes, unfortunately, right now there is not a central wait list in Tuscarawas County, meaning one place that people would sign up. And, and that's simply because the different locations that are distributing the vaccine are doing it very differently. Um, for us here at the health department, we are doing it by appointment and we do have a wait list in place for those in phase 1B. Um, and so when people call and say, you know, should I call another provider and find out and if I can get on their wait list? Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, when we when we reach out to you, if you had an opportunity to get it somewhere else, else and just let us know that at the at, at the time. The only thing that I would ask is that if you do have an appointment set up somewhere to try to keep that appointment rather than if you get a call from somewhere else to take that appointment and then also keep the appointment that you already have scheduled. That can sometimes create some logistical issues for both entities. Um, so again, staying on multiple wait lists are okay, but try only to take one appointment slot at a time. That makes complete sense. Thank you. And you know, uh, are the health, our local health departments prepared to provide mass vaccinations when we start to see larger supplies arrive in our community? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the little known facts about local health departments is that we are offered federal um, funding on an annual basis to prepare for events like this. It's called our emergency preparedness um, grant, and we cover the, the entire county. So we work in partnership with the new Philadelphia City Health Department. And we have, you know, really a lot of thick books um, that we, we utilize and we update on an annual basis. We test them. We do throughput drills to see exactly how many people we could administer a vaccine to or a medical countermeasure if we needed to. And so based on, you know, all of our um, plans and that sort of thing, if I didn't even go outside of our health department, meaning I only use staff from our health department, we could administer about a thousand vaccines a day. Now, obviously, we know that there are many in the community that want to be involved and want to volunteer. And so we could, we could easily double that if we needed to. But unfortunately, the problem at this point is just the vaccine supply. Yes, at the time we're recording this, uh, we're continuing to get updates almost every day. So uh, we anticipate that process will continue and the news will continue to flow. So uh, thank you again, both of you, for uh, sharing 
all the information you have right now. It's very beneficial to us. And uh, now uh, we'd really like to talk to our education leaders in our community. Carla, you know, uh, Dover City Schools certainly has managed many changes this year with the positive impact of having a new high school, uh, along with the stresses of managing staff and student health during a pandemic. We want to thank you for all you've done, congratulate you on your upcoming retirement as well. Um, we understand that Dover City school staff members will be eligible for vaccination at some point in February. Has your staff to date shown much interest in being vaccinated? Yes, they have, Darren. Um, about two thirds of our staff right now are on the waiting list. Wow. And if they've talked to you, um, are you recommending to them to uh, move forward, whether they're on the wait list or uh, obtaining an appointment right off the bat? Absolutely. We're not only encouraging them, we're also working with partners to try to make it as easy for our staff to receive the vaccine as we possibly can. And, well, how do you see the vaccine benefiting your school district overall? I see the vaccine as the tool that we need to return to consistency. Our parents and our students need the consistency of being in school every day and having the activities that they're used to having. And, and we look to the vaccine um, to help us to be able to do that. Very good. And uh, when folks have asked you, whether it's uh, on your staff, students and out in the community, do you plan to be vaccinated, Carla? I am on the list and I will be ready when they call my name. That's tremendous. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add or anything we didn't talk about that you think is important for folks to know right now? I would just encourage our community to continue to be vigilant in the health and safety protocols that are in place. This vaccine gives us all hope. Um, it's, it's exciting to be a part of this podcast to talk about it, but we need to continue to do all the things that we're currently doing to stay safe until everyone is vaccinated. And, and that's uh, excellent advice. We appreciate you uh, providing that for us as well. Randy, you know, the uh, East Central Ohio Educational Service Center has played a pivotal role in aiding our area schools with the management of COVID-19. And that's thanks to you, your staff, and the leadership you've provided. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges that local schools have wrestled with throughout this pandemic that you're seeing right now? Well, I think our school districts have really done a, an outstanding job managing all of this, but obviously there have been quite a few challenges and I would say some of the greatest of them, one being what Carla mentioned, is just that lack of consistency and continuity. Districts are trying to keep students in school and in class, but from week to week that changes based on a multitude of factors, depending on staffing, how many students and confirmed cases there are with, you know, not only students, but staff, um, what the staffing levels are with the quarantine number of staff uh, have to be quarantined, um, supervision in the classrooms, the ability to transport with bus drivers. Uh, so all of that is just being managed on a week to week basis. And it makes it very, very difficult for uh, just that continuity consistency. It's difficult for 
parents and when it comes to daycare and their job situations, it's difficult for schools and trying to communicate with parents on what their schedules need to be. Uh, so I just I would say that's probably the greatest challenge uh, would be that consistency and continuity. Um, in addition to that would just be the strain, um, the mental strain and stress, uh, the, the mental health piece, not only for our families and our students, but for staff. And I've seen that more and more after talking to administrators in the last several weeks. Um, they're just their staffs. They're, they're feeling it. it. It's weighing on them. It's been a long year. And uh, that's definitely been a challenge of this entire situation. And I'm not saying anything that everyone on this call hasn't dealt with either. We completely understand that. Um, but it's, it's definitely weighing on everybody. So those are just some of the challenges that our school district officials are dealing with. And you do, you bring up some tremendous points because uh, our schools are such a focus of our communities here in Tuscarawas County. And when you look into the future in that crystal ball, Randy, how will having the vaccine improve the situation in our schools overall? Again, I think it's that hope. It's that uh, belief that uh, things are going to get better or back to normal, at least somewhat normal. Things may never be, you know, completely normal as they used to be. But uh, I do think it is bringing that that excitement and anticipation that things are going to return to some normalcy at some point. Um, so that I think that's helping, especially when it comes to that mental health piece. And it, it's been wearing on people, but this has uh, been energizing to some to know that there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Very good. Thank you. And and when you've talked to our area school superintendents, especially in the last few weeks, have you noticed a lot of support for receiving the vaccine? Absolutely. All of our school district superintendents had to commit that they would return um, education um, inside of a school district, either five days per week or at least in a hybrid model to have their staffs eligible for the vaccine. Um, none of our school district superintendents hesitated. They've been doing that actually all along this entire year, whenever possible, they've been trying to have students in session. So every one of our superintendents have committed to that. They've all agreed to getting their staffs vaccinated. Um, so yes, right now it has not been difficult. Uh, everyone is anticipating and encouraging their staffs to get vaccinated. You know, Randy, just like we asked Carla, I'm going to ask you, too. Are you planning on receiving uh, the COVID-19 vaccine when it's your opportunity? Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say just not before others that need it first. Um, there, it's already definitely been mentioned, the lack of supply. And there are definitely other individuals that have more contact on a day-to-day -day basis with students. So I would definitely want to make sure that, you know, my opportunity doesn't come before someone else that needs it more than me. But when my time comes and I'm eligible, I absolutely will receive the vaccine and would re recommend others do the same. Thank you. And is there anything else you'd like to add or anything you want to tell our community residents right now? No, I guess I would just like to, to thank, you know, being a, a part of this conversation and discussion and, and thank all of our health officials. I know they've had a very challenging year, but uh, we work with uh, other counties and um, I speak to other re representatives and, and other areas of the state, too. And I can tell you that there's no other area that it's, it has exceeded uh, this area in regards to planning, preparation, scheduling, communication. Um, Katie and Vicki is uh, they've done a wonderful job as far as working with our school districts and being available at, at any time we needed them to to discuss issues and just discuss concerns and prepare. So um, just many thanks to everybody involved with that. Thank you. And, I, you know, that, that's a reflection of uh, really the leadership and dedication of, of all of you on this call. And we want to thank you for that. Um, and now we'd like to talk with some of our government leaders and uh, get some of their insights at this time. Uh, Senator Hottinger. 
Congratulations on recently becoming president pro tem of the Ohio Senate. We want to thank you for what you've done to represent Tuscarawas County to help manage the state's response to COVID-19. We know that when we pick up the phone uh, in Tuscarawas County and we ask for Senator Hottinger that uh, he's going to answer that call and he'll be here when we need him. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the efforts the state is making right now to obtain a larger supply of the vaccine for Ohioans? Uh, thank you, Darren, uh, for your uh, kind words. And I, I don't know if we're taking congratulations or condolences yet on the new position. Uh, time will yet uh, tell, uh, but uh, appreciate uh, appreciate uh, your, your kindness. Uh, so the, the key word there, of course, is supply. Uh, not only is it a, a challenge uh, uh, in our uh, across uh, Tuscarawas County and uh, the state of Ohio, but really across the uh, the nation. I was just on a phone call uh, yesterday with, um, we do this at least weekly, uh, where the governor and uh, his top uh, individuals and the top uh, epidemiologists uh, in the uh, state uh, get on a call uh, with uh, legislative leaders and, and talk about what's happening with COVID. And of course, as is always the case, supply is that uh, that key word. There are a couple of things that that I took out of uh, yesterday's call that that has me uh, pretty optimistic. Uh, one is the fact that, as you know, there are there are two vaccinations uh, out there right now, one by Pfizer and one by Moderna. We are very close to having two more uh, be ready to uh, hit to be approved and uh, be out um, uh, in the marketplace, uh, out uh, in our communities, and so you know. We'll be doubling from an option of two uh, vaccinations uh, up to four, and I am expecting that to happen uh, very soon, which is a real positive. The 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 second one is is one of these you're going to kind of like. Uh, some of you even here on the podcast may like you know scratch your head and like, well, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. But uh, they've been talking more and more about having across the country uh, this a program that that's really a uh, hundred million doses in a hundred days. And uh, even some of the leading epidemiologists, you know, uh, here in Ohio and uh, yesterday, uh, Dr. Vanderoff said, you know, when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, right, that, that's a great goal, but there's no way that's really going to be able to happen. More and more, everybody's believing that that is becoming more and more realistic, that across the country, we could have a hundred million doses uh, in the next 100 days. And so uh, that really helps uh, on the supply side uh, across the country. Then that improves in Ohio and improves into to Tuscarawas County and to Dover and New Philly. And so that's a real positive. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't come with some challenges. You know, one of the big challenges is a the distribution plan. How then when we're getting that influx of significant uh, more vaccinations doses, are we able to logistically handle that distribution? So there are some challenges that need to be worked out, but between having uh, two new vaccinations uh, soon to be hitting um, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the country in the state of Ohio and um, um, you know, the, the, new, the new administration, the, the Biden administration is really working hard, I know, on this 100 million uh, in 100 days and all of us uh, and, and you all on the front line and, and Katie uh, will be, you know, so instrumental on the front line of, OK, how now we're having this large uh, number of new doses coming into Test Force County. How are we able to do that uh, logistically uh, and preserving, you know, uh, those those vaccinations and being able to make certain that people can get vaccinated as soon as possible? But supply is a key word, but there's uh, there's uh, the phrase been used light at the end of the tunnel. There's some real positive advancements there. 
That's some tremendous light at the end of the tunnel, that's for sure. And reaching that level of uh, vaccinations would be outstanding. So we thank you for that. Um, And looking past just the health benefits of the vaccine, um, when you look at uh, vaccinations and what's going to happen in the future, how will this benefit our economic recovery? So, you know, right now, uh, uh, this is not uh, Nostradamus comment. There's a lot that divides us right now. Uh, uh, in Tuscarawas County, uh, in, in Ohio, and across the uh, country, uh, there uh, it's uh, 2020 was a very challenging year for 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 everyone. 21 is uh, really kind of just seems like uh, January 1st just felt like the the 366th day of 2020, uh, and um, uh, there are still some headwinds that that we're facing, and there are some a number of things that are dividing us right now. I, I think one thing that we all unite behind and we all can agree on regardless of you know political persuasion or philosophy is the fact that we want ohio fully opened up uh we want to 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 start to have a sense of return to 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 normalcy we want to be able to do more and more things uh, in person as opposed to virtually we want to have our family get-togethers and our family holidays in person as as opposed to uh, in Zoom. Uh, we want our kids in school five days a week, every week, uh, and, um, and, and back in the classroom as, as, our, as our superintendents you know, have discussed. And so the only way that we're able to, to do that and start to open up uh, and start to see the economic recovery really take full force uh, in the state of Ohio is through you know, something that we really haven't talked about today is this this herd immunity. And some of you maybe have heard the governor talk about it or, you know, some of the doctors or heard Katie and her staff talk about this herd immunity and what what what, what is herd immunity? So herd immunity is that, um, you know, an indirect protection that we get once a certain percentage of the population has become immune to a virus. And so initially, uh, several months ago, that herd immunity was like, well, we need 75 or 80% of the population to be there. That then fell down to 70%. We're now at a number that they're talking about of 55 or 60%. Once 55 or 60% reach that herd immunity, that then makes it safer uh, for for everyone else and uh, that uh, they're not likely to uh, get or less likely to, to get um, you know, COVID-19. And so um, we have to, the, the, the key to getting out of this, the key to an economic recovery, the key to return to normalcy lies in uh, the, the vaccinations. And so uh, that is the, that's the only way we're ultimately going to get to where we all want it to get to. And so um, uh, again, um, the, the other thing that I will mention is, is we have these, these tiers of uh, individuals who get their, uh, you know, you're called up. We're, so we're moving out of 1A and moving into 1B. You know, eventually it's going to be open up to, to other individuals. And uh, when, when, when your number's called, when your opportunity comes, you know, you really should uh, give very serious consideration to doing that. And it doesn't mean it's not, once you close the door, doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to get it but it may be a while before it comes back to you. So when, when you have that opportunity to get your vaccination, by all means, uh, seize that opportunity. Yeah, thank you. And, and you know, you've shown that uh, you've really researched this issue, obviously. And so I bet I can predict the answer to the next question. But uh, uh, Senator Hottinger, when it's your opportunity, are you going to become vaccinated? 
Absolutely. I am eager and uh, I wish we, as, as has already been uh, you know, stated by others, not well, certainly not wanting to jump anybody. Uh, there are a lot of uh, vulnerable populations out there. There are a lot of people that make some great cases of why they need it and they need it now. Uh, but uh, when, when my number's called, uh, I will be there on that day uh, eager to get my vaccination. Thank you. And thank you for everything you've been doing for us. And uh, we continue to look forward to hearing from you in the future. Uh, Commissioner Chris Abuel is the senior member of the Tuscarawas County Commissioners right now. And uh, Commissioner Abuel, thank you for your work in uh, actively supporting the county's efforts to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 right now. Um, what are some of the ways that local leaders can help slow the spread of COVID-19 in our community and be a good example for our community residents right now? Well, thank you, Darren. And first, first, I'd like to thank everybody involved in creating this podcast today, uh, all the first responders and the health professionals for all that's been done within the county. The efforts are certainly being um, moving forward in a positive way and we think it's important of course that we combat the the COVID-19 pandemic and I appreciate everybody's efforts everybody that's on this brings an array of expertise in their field but it's important for us as a county absolutely to set an example such as continuing as we've talked about our safety protocols wearing masks social distancing washing our hands we do uh, a sanitizing of our building. We bought some industrial equipment to sanitize. We hired two temporary uh, employees that clean high traffic areas. We installed counter guards, desk desk guards. We implemented, implemented the virtual meetings. And so I just think that it's important that as, as a team, and that's been mentioned before, that uh, we need to always work as a team and our number one priority not only for our employees, but for the general public at the commissioner's office in our buildings has been uh, safety. And we strive to do that. And in, in particularly in this environment, uh, we do our best to make sure that our buildings are clean and that people are following the safety protocols. And as I think it was mentioned earlier too, we do weekly updates with our first responders, the health department, the hospitals. And so we keep updated on what's current and again, very much appreciate all the work and effort that's being done by the people out on the front lines. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, uh, we're also going to ask you, Commissioner Abiel, when it's your opportunity and you're eligible, are you going to receive the COVID-19 vaccine? Well, I will reply in unison. Absolutely. Um, matter of fact, uh, when it was announced that the vaccines would eventually become available, I went to my chart. And I contacted my doctor because I got my annual physical coming up and I said, if the availability of the vaccine is there, I would like to be able to get that at my annual physical. That probably is not going to happen because of the, the, the quantity of the vaccines not being available. But I certainly am going to do that and I will encourage others to do it. And I believe that is not only in my professional life, but also in my personal life, it is my responsibility to gather information, get all the facts and make informed decisions. And because of the folks like you all that are on this uh, podcast and those that are in the community that are encouraging this because of the science, I absolutely will get my, my shot. And uh, again, I take it as a personal responsibility to do everything that I can to try to stop the spread of this COVID-19 in forums like this and working together as a team has been mentioned uh, to curtail the, the COVID-19 pandemic. I just believe that is a, it is important that we have a unified message and we're certainly trying to do that. 
Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, very important words there. And, um, you know, have you had a number of county residents stop you and ask you about the status of vaccine and if you're going to receive it and what should they do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we always have people asking those type of questions and, and, and different people have different mindsets on why they will or why they will not. But and I think the Dr. Johnson had mentioned it before for in order for us to get control of this, we have to do everything that we can. And the best tool that we have in our toolbox right now is, is the vaccine. And um, and I know that Senator Hottinger has worked in the, at the state level and we've made our contacts at the federal level to do everything that we can from our office to try to get as much vaccines as we can get here. Because I know Katie has the manpower uh, and to be able to get the, uh, the the shots out there, we just have a lack of the of the material. So, uh, yeah, we have had a lot of people asking. Matter of fact, again, I was on the um, made a phone call to the health department checking on my mother in law's status. She's 85, and she is one that does not sit still. But the the COVID has put her in her house, and and she wants to get back out. But she is doing the responsible thing. She has not left, but she's very very active. 85 year old. And uh, she wanted to know where she was at on her status for her shot. So I contacted the health department. She's about 168. So she's she's coming up the line. And I said, it won't be much longer. You'll be able to get your first shot. So uh, we're tr still trying to keep her, her corralled. But she she is very active in the community and, and is ready to get her shot. That's good news indeed for her and for uh, our community in general. And, and that brings up a good point. When you look ahead into the future, um, how do you see that vaccine changing our lives again uh, you, you know is it a return to normal is it something we can build on what, what do you see really happening in the future after we start to achieve some of that herd immunity and and i think that's what we're trying to do everybody wants to get back to the normalcy everybody wants to have the confidence that they can go out in the public and be safe and we want to get to that point it's going to help our economy we want to be able to go to our restaurants we want to be able to go to the movie theater uh, we want to be able to go to concerts and events and I think with the shot and with the facts behind the shot and, and what that will do for us to be able to move forward, it is definitely going to build our economy. If there have been businesses out there that wasn't able to operate because uh, they, they wasn't able to do the production, our residents that, that may not be gainfully employed right now, maybe be able to get back in the workplace and, and move the economy in a forward direction and hopefully get to pre-COVID-19 uh, levels in our businesses. Very good. Thank you, Commissioner Abuel. And uh, I, I really want to stop and uh, thank all of you for taking a few minutes out of your day to be part of this podcast. I uh, specifically, I'd like to thank Dr. Nathan Johnson, Katie Seward, Carla Burney, Randy Lucas, Iowa Senator Jay Hottinger, and Tuscarawas County Commissioner Chris Abuel for their time, their leadership, and their insights. And I'd really also like to thank the Tuscarawas County Health Department, the New Philadelphia City Health Department, and the Tuscarawas County Chambers of Commerce for their support of this podcast and we encourage you to listen and tune in to uh, part one as well uh, we think that uh, these are important uh, information and insights to share with our community and we encourage you all to receive the COVID-19 vaccine when you're eligible thank you all